I'm in Amsterdam, making my way along the cobbled streets and over the humpback bridges, which crisscross the city's canals. Excuse me, do you speak English? Okay. So I was wondering where you guys with your bikes are going. Well, we're going to, we're going home. He's my brother, and I, I live in Rotterdam. So I'm for a day in Amsterdam, and we biked here in, in the north of, uh, of Amsterdam. And now we're going back to the centre. That's nice that you hang out with your brother. Yeah, it's really <laughs> nice. Yeah. I think so too. And what do you do when you're in Rotterdam? Well, I'm, I was a musician, but I have problems with my ears. So, uh, What kind of problems? Well, they call it hyperacusis. I have a kind of yeah, tinnitus and hyperacusis. It's a kind of brain disease oh, in, in, in hearing. There's damage and then it's, it's not nice. <laughs> that seems cruel for yeah, a musician. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. What kind of music do you love? Well, I love a lot of music. <laughs> I, I was I was on the conservatory in the classical music, but I, I, I love Spanish music a lot and tango. And, and I'm not a really jazz fan, but I like pop music. I, I like good musicians. <laughs> and can you still enjoy music even if you can't make music? Well, no, not not a lot. I get over over prickled. I don't know how you say it in English, overstimulated. but uh, overstimulated. Yeah. And can they do? Can they? cure it or make it better? No, no, not really. They're looking for it because it's, it's, it's the disease of the moment because a lot of people have damage from hard music. and So when, when you get, your hearing is damaged and you, you don't hear everything, the things right, then your brain is compensating and that's in fact the trouble. So did you used to, you performed, you said, in the conservatory? Yeah, it's, it's, piano is, is uh, underestimated in, in the, in, because it's pretty heavy if, if you're sitting in, in a room for hours and hours and hours. And hours. So that's, that's, that's the problem, that, that's where it happens. This is your brother? Yeah, what does he do? My brother. He does massage in the, in the Eastern way. He, he developed his own way of, of tai chi, uh, shiatsu, tai, yeah. Ooh. all kind of influences and uh, that's what he's doing and he's a he's a carpenter <laughs> part-time so a creative family then yeah <laughs> nobody's sitting behind a desk no yeah i have one brother is sitting behind a desk <laughs> have a lovely day me you had your head down and you were quite intent well <laughs> i must uh, fix some dinner for my daughter and the children <laughs> i'm thinking what to do what's in your bag then only vegetables <laughs> it's lunchtime you're going home to cook a full meal at lunchtime yeah. every day every day so is she not at school no my uh, my daughter is broke his uh, her arm so she cannot take care of her children. So now I'm stepping in. <laughs> and it's cooking something you like to do? Well, I have no choice. <laughs> do you have a partner or a, a, a grandma that could do the job? Uh, no, we divorced a long time ago, and so I take care of it. How many grandchildren do you have? I have three. How old are they? Uh, nine, seven, and the other one is 
14. What do they call you? Because my grandparents all have very strange nicknames. Uh, they have uh, the two small ones call me uh, Grandpa Moustache. <laughs> Moustache Grandpa, <laughs> something like that. And do you love being a grandpa? Well, yeah. Yeah, no problem. And what does it feel like when you can do something very practical like this, like go and get the food, prepare the, you know... Beef? Well, feel, uh, if they like it, you feel, feel nice, satisfied. It's easy because I always uh, make what they like. I ask them in front. <laughs> so what did they ask for today? Uh, my daughter asked for vegetables. The small, the girl asked for chicken. And the boy asked for sausage. You're going to cook three dishes? Yes. You're Every good, day. You're a good grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> when I was young and I uh, say something to my daughter, I say, Don't, you're not allowed to do that. And the only thing she always said, tell me. How much do you like me? <laughs> so after that, I have no... No power, no control. No control. <laughs> and um, do, you not have, do you have a job at the moment that you take time out of? No, I'm uh, retired. Oh, you don't look old enough. To do well, I'm old. <laughs> 68. What did you do for a job? Before I had... Uh, I was... Uh, how you call it? Uh, installation of uh, printing machines all around the world. So you travelled with your job all the time? Yeah. Now you don't mind me saying so, you're Dutch, but you look like your family may have come from elsewhere. A quarter Dutch, a quarter English, uh, a quarter Scottish and uh, half Indonesian. And so what's your Indonesian roots? Do you go back to Indonesia? Uh, yeah. I've been back. i born there, I've been back there. And, but it's different. It's not, it's not like I remember. I remember... The, the bad times for them, but for us, the colonial times, so it was very, very good. Mm. I have a good memory of my youth. And what do you mean the bad times? For? Well, it's, mm. uh, it's, it's dirty, the beach is gone, uh, too crowded. Do you feel sad about that? Uh, the first time when I was back after 20 years, 25 years, I feel sad, yeah. But times, uh, time change. And so you identify as Dutch, you feel Dutch? Well, in Holland I'm not 100% Dutch, and over there... <laughs> it's, uh, well, I live in both worlds, it's, uh, it's always strange. Is that a good thing, though? If you like travelling, you can easily move? Yeah, and it's, be... uh, for me, it's, uh, the people teach you everywhere there's something new to learn, to see. What's the most important thing that you learn from travelling? Uh, patience. And not, uh, how you say it, the Dutch way, stri- st- uh, talking straight. It's take your time. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. <laughs> carried on wandering and later in the afternoon stumbled upon a sweet old bookshop. Excuse me, do you speak English at all? That's fine, but uh, I've got not so much time because I'm on a break. Okay, I'll be very quick. Obviously you're not going anywhere, although perhaps back to work in a minute. And tell me about your job. What is it you like about your job? Well, I'm a bookseller, and uh, I love books, and you meet so many people. What's the most interesting person you've met? Maybe 
Not so long ago, a man called Bill, he came in, very flamboyant person, had kind of a cape-like coat, and he said, hi, and I ordered a book, and it's on the, he said, it's on the third floor, if you want it, I'll get it, because he was 86, but like I said, very flamboyant person. So he ran up the stairs, got his books, and started telling me about uh, that he was a poet. So, yeah, that was, that was really something, and he emailed me immediately. Do you feel like you made a new friend straight away? Yes, I think so. And and the, the fact that he's 86 and full of energy, that was that was really special. What's his poetry like? He's from Yorkshire, so it's quite gentleman-like, uh, with lots of respect for ladies, and uh, beautiful descriptions of his mum. Is that the kind of poetry that you like to read, or what are your tastes when it comes to literature well, and poetry? Well, I, I, like, I like rough books, like black romanticism and stuff. Who's your favourite author then? Mm, I think maybe Thomas Pynchon. And well, I've read so many beautiful books. I mean, it's hard to mention one, but I, I did mention one now. So, are you one of these people who thinks that life is too short to fit in all the books you want to read? Not really. I mean, life is short, but very enjoyable if you have the ability to read. Let me put it that way. So. What is it then, if I can put it in a slightly more open way? What is it that reading gives you? It's kind of a armchair adventure just a physical adventure or emotional adventure or psychological Very adventure emotional. I've, I've, I've been through things like I was reading this particular book by James Salter and um, the protagonist, her father dies so she goes to the little village where she was born and says goodbye to her father very emotional piece but I had music on and a Windows Media Player, so different stuff. And at and that exact moment, the music I picked for my brother's funeral started playing, so I started crying. Tell me about your brother. He had a tough life. Actually, the first three years of his life, he uh, couldn't see well. But they didn't, or the first three years of his school life, he couldn't see properly. And they didn't find that out. So then he was three years behind, and that gave him a lot of trouble. His development got stuck. But he was a mama's kid, so she tied his shoelaces till he was like 15 or so. And he was uh, not very handy, and, but he was a very sporty guy. He was always running, and uh, he died of a heart attack in his sleep, 45, much too young. So your baby brother or your older brother? Baby brother. I'm, I'm almost 86 myself. <laughs> no, I'm 56. You must miss him a lot. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, he's not the only one that I've lost. I mean, you, you keep losing friends and family and uh, you have to just deal with it and go on. Think nice thoughts of him. That's what I teach my kids as well. It sounds like you've had more experience than most. Yeah. But you said it informs what you talk to your children about or how you talk to your children. Well, they're quite big girls now they're 19 and 21 but when they were little I mean I tried to spare them as much as possible of all the sadness and misery which occurs when somebody dies and uh, but then at one point when they're old enough you know they joined me to funerals and they were really supportive and held my hand and like I said I, I always tell them like uh, these people live forth in your memory so what have you learned then? What have you learned as a personal? What do you take from it, if there is anything to take? I think it helps me to enjoy life while I'm, I'm there. And like I said, um, deadly forth in my memory.
Have a great afternoon. Thank you, you for too. your time. If you enjoyed this episode and the others we've made, please do recommend the podcast to a friend. Simon, Joe and Chris, thank you all so much for being kind enough to buy me a coffee. They will definitely help me to keep going. My name's Catherine Carr. Where Are You Going is made by the team at Loftus Media. Mm-hmm.